from this from this uh, subject here, uh, pouring into a bag with holes. Pouring into a bag with holes. Can we, can we ask the Lord to help us here before we are seated? Jesus, we rely on you today. For the next few moments, God, I pray that you would speak. And I'm going to do my best to declare your word, but I need your help. Your word is already anointed, God, but I need you to anoint me to deliver, Lord Jesus. Speak to your people, Lord. Let a word go forth that would change somebody's decisions, Lord, that would change somebody's outcome, Lord, that would redirect somebody, oh God. I pray you would have your way in the remainder of this service. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Y'all may be seated. So Haggai chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible tells us, In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Josedek, the high priest saying, and then we'll pause there for a moment, but I kind of want to build just a, a little foundation here. It was in uh, 586 B.C. that the armies of, of Babylon had destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. In, in 538 B.C., King uh, Cyrus decreed that the Jews could return uh, to their city and rebuild the temple. A sense of freedom, I can, I can appreciate here how they must have felt being in captivity all these years and, and, and maybe even having a, a new lease on life, so to speak, and a new zeal to rebuild the kingdom. They, they set out to build right away. They had the motivation, they had the zeal, and they had the right attitude. Many of us start out that way when we come to the Lord. Remember the zeal? The zeal that you had when you were released from your personal bondage, when you were enslaved by, by the enemy and, and his devices. And even, even today, we, we're not completely uh, resistant, free from those devices. We, we still have to fight as people of God. We still have to fight for the freedom. And we still have to, to fight to maintain our integrity in the midst of, of, of a captive world. A world that's enslaved right now. So they had the zeal and the motivation and the right attitude. And, and they, they came together and they worked roughly for six years before they became distracted with life. So it's the race is not to the swift. It's not to those that get in it with all the zeal and they blast through each day and they, they scream at the top of their lungs. It's those who find them place, and they find themselves in a place of surrender and they begin to allow the, the working of God's Spirit in their life to develop them and make them constant day in and day out. 
It's not how forceful we are through each day. It's about how constant we are through each day. If I'm living my life with, with unwavering faith every day of my life, I've got to face every day the same way. I can't be up one, one minute and down the next minute because that just, that just declares to all those around me that I'm not where I need to be. Don't get me wrong, there are people that just start out living for the Lord that are that way because they're trying to find, they're trying to find that constancy in their life. And so they need to, to, they need to see it in the people of God. They need to see a constancy in the people of God. So, so these, these people, God's people, became, they were, they were set free and they barely got to work and they are already distracted I began to wrestle with this this morning. Is how many times do we read in the Word of God where people of God, the, the chosen, the chosen ones, they begin to, to walk away from what, everything that was pure and true time and time again. They would get caught up in something. They would get distracted, and they would stop working. Their attitudes would change. Their perspective would change. Then a preacher would get up one day and he would begin to give his heart and preach the word of God. And guess what would happen? We would be reminded. That's how valuable church is. Is when we're not where we need to be, we must come together. Even if I don't feel it. Because let's face it, when you wake up uh, on Sunday morning, sometimes you just don't feel like going to the house of God. But if I can just get there, I know that there's strength there. If I can just get there, my perspective will change. I might not have the right attitude now, but before I leave, I'll have a better attitude. For over... 15 years, the people of God began building their own temples. And God's temple was neglected. Now, I want us to think about this in this day that we're talking about here. Uh, you know, it, this was the old covenant. So, so there wasn't that experience that we have today where we have an ongoing personal relationship with God that's very real. But, but in those days, it was, it was behind a veil. It was, it was in a place, a location, and they had to make sure that that location was kept up. I think about us today is... We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So what we have to do is make sure that we're keeping up with our temple. That we're keeping it. That, we're, that it's, it, it's in working order. And it's not neglected. Because that's what happens in that day. We can take this, this natural... Uh, this natural image here and apply it to our spiritual life. They were building their own uh, temples. They were building their own uh, kingdoms. And it, just like today in, in our life, we can build our own kingdoms away from God's kingdom and neglect the kingdom of God, neglect what God wants to do in this earthen vessel. We have these treasures in earthen vessels. We have what they didn't have in that day. So we cannot neglect the Spirit of God that's working in this temple. Everybody hold your hands on yourself and say, I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. Come on, yeah, that's right. 
you have to make sure that you're doing what you need to do to make sure that that temple is not neglected. Which means I've got to feed it. I've got to take care of it. I've got to make sure that it's kept clean. This wasn't the first time and it won't be the last time that people will neglect the kingdom work. God, help us to hear the warnings, remove the distractions, and, and focus on your kingdom and not our own kingdom in the day that we're living in. Verse 2, thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. The word of the Lord came to Haggai. Uh, this people said it's not the right time to rebuild. It's not the right appointed time. They were presuming on prophecy and saying the time has not yet come. And if we're not careful, we might have that same attitude, that same perspective. That may, It's not the right time yet. It's, it's not the right time to, to work on the kingdom. It's not the right time to work on my place in the kingdom. It's not the right time to work on my vessel. It's just not the right time. We need, we need a little bit more time verse 3 then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet saying is it time for you O ye to dwell in the sealed houses and this house lie waste verse 4 is it okay I read verse 4 too The Lord spoke through the prophet Haggai. How can you live in luxury when my house lies in ruins? How can you be focused on, on the worldly wealth and, and your spiritual life is lying in ruins? And God is saying, you've got your priorities mixed up, but you've got to get back to work. Every now and then, God will send a voice to declare what needs to happen, not because, not because of anything, but God loves us. God loves us enough to not let us waste away. How easy it was or would be for us to waste years of our life because we believe the timing is not right. And so we put off things waiting for the right time only to miss out on what God wants to do right now. Right now in this moment as Gabriel came to the altar last Sunday and received the Holy Ghost, what came to me in that moment to say was you've got to have it made up in your mind that I'm going to go to the altar and I'm going to get what I need and I'm going to go with that expectancy and that faith. It doesn't matter uh, what I think is the right time, but God is always on time and today is His time. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of healing. Today is the day. Why not it? Why not happen today, right here, right now, before us? If we truly believe we're not promised tomorrow, then it must be today. It must be today. If I'm going to get what I need from the Lord, it's got to happen today because I'm not promised to wake up tomorrow. 
Choose you this day whom ye will serve. Choose you this day how you will approach it, how you will walk through the blessings of the Lord this day. Verse 5, now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. The Lord sent this message to consider your ways. Set your heart, what he's saying is set your heart upon what you have done up to this point. Listen, 2019 is just but a fleeting moment away from ending. And I'll ask the same question that I believe I asked last year. Are you where you desire to be in the Lord right now? Because we'll set out in January and we'll make resolutions and we'll make up our mind to do this and that. But if it does, if we don't end the same way that we started, then we've got some issues in our life that we must work on. If we're not constant from January to December, then we've got some work to do. We've got some growing to do. We've got some trusting to do. Because I'll let you know, I didn't get to where... I wanted to by this time. But I'm choosing today to get up out of the dust and keep marching forward and say, I'm not going to stop trying. I'm not going to stop marching. I'm not going to stop working. I'm not going to let my hands become idle and let years go by. Fifteen years they were building and doing their own thing. And then he moves right into to, to the, to their ways, what he was describing, what he was telling them to consider. He moves right into that in, in, verse, in verse 6. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe. You, uh, but there is none warm, and he that earneth wages earneth wages to be put into a bag with holes. You planted a lot, but harvested little. You eat, but you're never full. You earn wages but you put it in a bag of holes. We work and earn our living and we surround ourselves with things that don't satisfy. And yet we may never see it until an instrument of God begins to trumpet the words, consider your ways. Consider where you are what you have surrounded yourself with. What are we working for in this life? Is it, is, it, is, is it truly a way to provide for our family? I believe that, that mostly it is, but I also believe that we've got an expectation of, of a life that we are to keep. And uh, sometimes that costs us a lot when we could live on 
less. Ooh. We surround ourselves with things that we feel like are going to give us joy, and they never satisfy. It's a temporary, fleeting moment, and next thing you know, that shiny new thing or whatever it is, is collecting dust, and it didn't satisfy any longer. What you earn today is gone tomorrow. But God said, what you, do with, what you do for me will last forever. Listen, we've got it made up in our mind that our kids have to come out of school and go to college and make something of their life when we've got an enemy, a voice in, our, in, our, in, the, in the college system that's trying to remove their faith, and yet we somehow believe the way for their success is through a college education. Don't get me wrong, we have to be educated, but we don't have to put our, our, our children in a place where their faith is being attacked and trying to be removed from them. We ought to be pushing them into the kingdom of God more than the success of men. We ought to be saying, you ought to find out what the Lord desires you to do over what your parents say is good for you. I don't want it to be, I'm saving up, I'm working all this time so my children can go to college so their faith can be ripped from them. Because the statistics show us there's only a few that make it out with their faith because they strip them from everything that they believe and say, this is what you're supposed to believe to fit in into this society. I don't want to fit into this society. I want to stand for truth and righteousness. I want my children to know there's a God that if we put our faith and trust in, he will lead us to that expected end that he has for us. Listen, if I put him first, and I don't put the society or the education system, if I put him first, I got a promise that all my needs will be met. They will all be met. I don't have to devote my whole life and miss out on this, that, and the other because I'm, I got this excuse that I'm, I'm trying to send my kids to a college. Because that's not the only way to be successful. I know I've been, I've, I've, I've been, I spent some time on, on the college thing here because we, that's what we have made up in our mind is, is the way to success. We are taught all the years that we go to school that where are you going to college? Have you filled out applications yet? Which one are you going to go to? Which program are you going to get to? What's going to be your major? You know, so we try to push them into a place where they try to find themselves. Now, don't get me wrong. I feel like that, 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 you, that children need to find their way, but they've got to put their hands in the, they've got to put their life into the hands of the Lord and say, if that's the way that you want to take me, then fine. But I want to put my faith and trust in you before I make that move. What you do for the kingdom of God will never be put into a bag with holes. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life 
is not of the Father, but is of the world. This is the verse that I wanted us to pay attention to. And the, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The only thing that's going to last forever is the will of God. So you can take the world and its agenda. I'm going to put my faith and trust in the will of God because it's the only thing at the end of the day that will remain. We have the promise that the world will pass away. It is a promise. And all the empty pursuits, but he that seeks and finds and does the will of God abides forever. Verse 7, we find the scripture, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. He says it again. And and in verse 8, ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. If you work for what matters, I will take pleasure and be glorified. You looked, you prepared for increase, but it did not become what you expected. I kindled it because my house is desolate. And I want your disappointments to be the the reason you step back and consider the work that will satisfy. When we lose our focus, what we hope will satisfy never will. Thank God he loves us enough to send us a drought, to send us a hardship, to send us something to regroup and, and, and look into our life and consider what has happened. Verse 10, therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew and the earth is stayed from her fruit. What happens in a drought is the disappointment of the harvest. Not just what we need to live, but also what we need to be spiritually satisfied. The oil of anointing of God will 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 dry, it'll feel dried up in, in the midst of a drought. And that's what he's saying here. And I called for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains and upon the corn and upon the new wine and upon the oil and upon that which the ground bringeth forth upon men and upon cattle and upon all the labor of thy hands. You know, sometimes God has to do these things to remind us we've missed it. We've left some things out. We've forgotten his commandments and we have not uh, obeyed his word, but he gives us grace and he gives us mercy to get back up and try again it's not the end what we face and what we fail today it's not the end we got to get back up and consider our ways come on I don't want that oil to dry up in a drought I want that oil to flow I want that oil to be at work that oil of joy I don't know maybe somebody in here hasn't had joy for a while maybe you got to regroup and consider your ways and say God I want that joy again that I had I want that zeal again I want that 
I want that passion and desire that I had to work for the kingdom of God. When we were saved, when we were born again of water and spirit, we weren't worried about what was going on on the outside. Oh, we were wrapped up in the presence of God. We were wrapped up in the kingdom of God. And somehow, the drought hits and we forget. We forget about that zeal and that passion and that desire. Verses 12 and 13. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people did fear before the Lord. Verse 13, then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, uh, messenger in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. When it's heard that the Lord spoke through uh, Haggai, they considered the words and they recognized their very own emptiness and they received the words with obedience and their eyes were open and they began to work in the, in the only kingdom that matters. Verse 14, and the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Joseph, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, in the fourth and twentieth day of the sixth month, in the second year of Darius king. I close with this. They, they heard the word of the Lord and they acknowledge that they were out of order and they have acknowledged that they may have been pouring into a bag of holes all of life's empty pursuits and treasures have been being dumped in a bag that has left a trail behind them of worthlessness and emptiness but he said if you if you will regroup and, and reconsider what you've done and, and, and I will lead you to that place to remind you of what fulfills. Only what we do for Christ will last. Only what we do for the kingdom of God will remain. I don't want to go through life pouring into a bag with holes. the worst feeling when you walk out on Walmart and you realize that you had a hole in your bag and you left behind what you went for we've all been there we've all done it maybe you're there right now maybe you yourself have been pouring into a bag of holes that doesn't really matter the things that you have poured into it, it doesn't matter in the scope of eternity. Let's all stand. Listen, once he got their attention, once he spoke the word of the Lord to them, 
and they listened and obeyed. Then they realized, he said, I am with you. Now that I got your attention, let me tell you something. I'm with you. You may have wasted moments, wasted time in your life. But consider this. The bag with the holes in it was yesterday. Or maybe it was today. But today we've got the grace and we've heard him say it through his word, I am with you. God has an expected end that he desires each one of us to go to. We have to consider where we are now and what we've been pouring into. We can get caught up in the race for more. can fight and and strive for the only kingdom that matters. The only thing that matters in life. I wonder if we can just raise our hands right now toward heaven. Tell the Lord, God, we've heard your word and I and we consider we consider our ways, God. Although we may have been out of line and out of place and out of the will, out of your will, God, today we come to ourselves and say, I want to walk in your will, God. I want to pour into what matters most in this life, God. And that's your kingdom. That's the only thing that will remain forever. Can we sing a chorus? Only Jesus your soul. I wonder if you want to find a place to pray for a few moments and ask Only the Lord to help you. can change Regroup. your heart and make you whole. He'll give you peace you never knew. Sweet love and joy and heaven too. For only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only He can change your heart and make you whole. He'll give you peace you never knew. Sweet love and joy and heaven too. For only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Oh, and make you whole. Yes, he can. 
you peace that you never knew. Sweet love and joy and heaven too. For only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Satisfy God. Only you can satisfy. 